We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Mina Kim. Coming up on Forum, California is reeling from two mass shootings with staggering death tolls in less than 48 hours. On Saturday night, the eve of Lunar New Year, it was Monterey Park, where at least 11 people were killed and many injured after a gunman opened fire at a popular dance studio. Yesterday, it was Half Moon Bay, where a gunman took the lives of at least seven farm workers in the vicinity of mushroom farms. We'll talk about how the impacts of the shootings are being felt in communities across California. Join us. I'm Nina Kim. Welcome to Forum. We'd planned to spend the hour today taking a closer look at the impact of the mass shooting in Monterey Park and its impact on you, our listeners. When word of another mass shooting in California began to spread yesterday, also with a heart-wrenching death toll, and this time in Half Moon Bay. Governor Newsom called it tragedy upon tragedy after being pulled away from meeting victims of the Monterey Park shooting to learn about Half Moon Bay. How are you absorbing this latest news? Feel free, listeners, to tell us how you're feeling or the questions coming up for you as these back-to-back mass killings grip California. You can post your reflections on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at KQED Forum. You can email forum at kqed.org. Or you can give us a call at 866-733-6786. We turn now to KQED's Guy Marzarati, who has been in Half Moon Bay covering the story. Thanks for joining us, Guy. Good morning, Mina. So we know that uh, seven lives were cut short by a gunman in two related shootings at Half Moon Bay area farms. First, how are people in Half Moon Bay doing? Yeah, I mean, folks I talked to last night uh, seemed in shock. I mean, you heard repeatedly just astonishment that this happened in Half Moon Bay. I mean, this is somewhere, you know, for us in the Bay, we go there to pick pumpkins, you know, get Christmas trees, go crabbing on the on the jetty. At the same time I say those things, it's like there's not an appropriate place for something like this to happen. But I will say a few of the residents I talked to last night who actually came out to, to volunteer, 
mentioned that they'd also been helping out with recovery from the recent storms, which really did a number on a lot of the agricultural businesses in the area and actually displaced some folks who are living in farm worker housing uh, with flooding. So just a lot of tragedies uh, in a short amount of time for this coastside San Mateo community. Mm, so they're dealing with, with that stress and anxiety and tragedy on top of another tragedy. And of course, the tragedy of seven people who were killed. We're learning a little bit more about the victims today. What can you tell us about them? So according to the San Mateo County Sheriff's Office, yeah, there were seven people killed at those two mushroom farms yesterday. One person was critically injured and then taken to Stanford Medical Center. They're now out of surgery and stable. Just last hour, we did hear from law enforcement officials that the victims were all adults. It was seven males, one female, and all either Asian or Latino. Um, The law enforcement officials have not released names yet. They're still trying to find family members and notify them. And Mina, one reason that's been difficult is that deputies say that some of these victims were migrant workers. So just tracking down, identifying next of kin, that's been hard in some cases. In terms of being able to provide appropriate support services for next of kin or for family members, friends, co-workers who are like family, do you know if that has also been a challenge? Yeah, and even for children, I mean, because at least one of these agricultural facilities also had housing on site. So we've been told that children were in the vicinity of the shooting. Not clear if they actually witnessed the violence that took place, but Half Moon Bay's Vice Mayor Joaquin Jimenez told KQED that about seven or eight children, maybe half a dozen young adults or teenagers were actually at the location Mm -hmm. of one of the shootings. So, you know, what we've heard so far as far as help, you know, support, getting everything from essentials, you know, food, hotel rooms to mental health support. I mean, one thing I heard from sheriff deputies last night was a search for language help, language support. Um, I was in a hall where victims' families were gathered and deputies were asking for, you know, Vietnamese interpreters, for example. Talk about what it was like in that uh, hall that you were in. Yeah, so this was a reunification center uh, that was set up at a community hall in Half Moon Bay. Outside, there was just this steady stream of local residents, volunteers who were showing up really late into the evening, looking to help out, you know, bringing food, bringing coffee, blankets. Uh, One of the people I spoke to was Ching Hai Zhao. He lives just up the coast in El Granada. He actually heard about this reunification center on social media, just went home right after that, grabbed some blankets and, and headed back there immediately. Here's a little bit of what he told me. My primary reaction is uh, Hapong Bay is a very peaceful place and although you heard such kind of tragedy happen uh, in many places but you can't believe that that it actually is happened in, in Hapong Bay just disbelieve yeah did and anyone it, t- yeah go ahead guy yeah and just and then inside the center I can add you know it was really quiet I saw just from a distance you know family members sitting in in circles on on white folding chairs Um, I talked to the sheriff, Christina Corpus, inside of that uh, reunification center. She said her focus was really just trying to get families information and even just things like hotel rooms that night to stay temporarily. Hmm. Because I'm sure a lot of the housing that was shared housing is no longer available and there can be large numbers of people in farm worker housing as well. We're talking with Guy Marzarati, a producer and reporter for KQE's Politics and Government Desk. Last night, he was sent to cover 
the aftermath of the shooting in Half Moon Bay that took seven lives. And you, our listeners, if you're from Half Moon Bay or have reflections about the event happening there, you can email forum at kqed.org or post that thought on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum, or call us at 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. Nancy tweets, and now Half Moon Bay, we have to have strong gun control. Did people bring up the fact that this shooting happened less than 48 hours from the Monterey Park shooting? Yeah, that was something you heard a lot from some of the elected officials who spoke uh, at a press conference last night, um, you know, in addition to the shock, I think there was some anger from officials you heard just, you know, upset with this constant state of, you know, gun violence that we find ourselves uh, living in and pushing for, you know, more strict gun control laws um, at the county level. We heard from from county supervisors last night. And yeah, just the, the fact that we've had just a string of, of, you know, mass shootings in California, even here locally in the Bay um in in the last couple of days i think was definitely on the minds of, of a lot of the folks gathered last night yeah there was also one in oakland uh last night that took one life and injured seven others as i understand it in terms of the half moon bane shooting though what can you tell us about the gunman guy yeah so the uh, gunman authority say was a 67 year old man named chun li zhao he's a resident of half moon bay who was employed at the Mountain Mushroom Farm, which is one of the sites of the sh- one of the shootings. Uh, law enforcement is saying that this is a case of workplace violence um, that was carried out with a semi-automatic handgun that was legally purchased. They don't have any details beyond that about what exactly led to the shooting. Um, Zhao was arrested yesterday afternoon, uh, a couple of hours after officers first responded to the shooting. He was actually found parked in a sheriff's substation. That's actually where he was apprehended. Uh, Sheriff deputies approached his vehicle. He was sitting inside of it. So he's going to be arraigned tomorrow. There's no word from the district attorney on on exact charges. I will say when we heard a moment ago uh, from district attorney Steve Wagstaff, he's been the DA since 2010. I think he's been in that office for you know decades and decades. He says he can't remember ever seeing a case like this before in San Mateo County. So something new for you know, law enforcement and prosecutors as well. Yes, you were mentioning that people go to Half Moon Bay for pumpkin festivals and so on. I actually got married not far from there. But for listeners less familiar with the area, just describe what it is along our coast. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful area, um, like right, right on the coast, has a bit of a rural vibe. Again, you know, people go there for things like finding uh, Christmas tree farms or they have, I know they have a pumpkin festival, um, you know, crab fishing, crabbing. Uh, so I think it's it's definitely a, kind of a small, close-knit community in that sense. And one that, again, was dealing like so much of the Bay Area with the aftermath of all the storms that we've had recently um, that have uh, really affected a lot of the agricultural areas over there. And as you drive down um, Highway 1, Cabrillo Highway, as you're going into town, you do see a lot of these agricultural facilities um, as well. So that's definitely a big part of the local economy and community. Yeah, it, tourism is a very big part of it as well. And I'm sure that these are something, this is something that is on the mind of people who are trying to deal with, deal with the kinds of different realities of what has affected areas like Half Moon Bay, both the storms and not, also now this violence. Rebecca tweets, this is positively dystopian. We have a comment also from 
California Congressmember Anna Eshoo, whose congressional district includes Half Moon Bay. Eshoo says, quote, I continue to monitor the unfolding tragedy that has taken place in Half Moon Bay. My gratitude to the San Mateo Sheriff's Office, who took the suspect into custody and are working the two scenes of the murders. Half Moon Bay is a beloved and tight-knit community, and we all stand with them and the families of the victims during this dark hour. It is a community of just about 11,000 or so uh, guy, as you say, and, and I'm sure you are hearing a lot of questions being asked about why something like this happened and how best to help. Congressmember Eshoo is, of course, you know, trying to help on a federal level, but is there talk about what can be done locally? Yeah, I think locally you saw that last night at the Reunification Center um, where, you know, residents showed up with canned food, with water, with coffee. Um, like I mentioned, I ran into a, f- a couple folks who, who had been bringing blankets there. Um, and that seemed to be the place, at least yesterday evening, where people were gathering, um, you know, trying to find ways to help out. I know there's also some nonprofits in the area that have been both dealing with the storms and now pivoting to this uh, kind of disaster recovery. Um, and I think, you know, for, for those of us uh, covering this, we've gotten a lot of information just in the last 24 hours on kind of what uh, – took place as far as the the alleged shooter. Um, the, the question we don't have an answer for is why, right? Other than that this was workplace violence, um, which we've seen all too frequently here in the Bay Area. I'm thinking of the UPS shooting that happened uh, in San Francisco a few years ago. Obviously, the VTA massacre here in San Jose. Um, so that's, you know, again, a, a reoccurring case of this kind of violence that we've seen. Yeah. Guy Marzarotti is producer and reporter for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. Hopefully we will have some idea of a motive soon as we're hearing that the gunman is, quote unquote, cooperating with authorities. But regardless, the aftermath of these kinds of events remain the same. And I'm sorry you had to go out and cover it, Guy. Thanks for having me, Minu. And listeners, we want to hear from you. How are you absorbing or processing the tragedy in Half Moon Bay or the tragedy in Monterey Park? What are your thoughts about where these events happened? How are you taking care of yourself and others through this? You can call 866-733-6786 or email your comments or questions to forum at kqed.org. More after the break. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking this hour about two back-to-back mass shootings in California that have 
left 18 dead, many injured. Seven lives cut short in Half Moon Bay yesterday, and at least 11 lost in Monterey Park on Saturday night on the eve of Lunar New Year. Those killed had been at Star Ballroom Dance Studio in Monterey Park, where people had gathered for the dance studio's Chinese New Year countdown dance party. You, our listeners, are sharing how you're processing these tragedies that have put California and its Asian communities in the national spotlight. Listener John tweets, as someone who grew up in San Diego, Monterey Park wasn't just a hub for the San Gabriel Valley, but a hub for many Chinese across SoCal. Chinese folks from as far away as San Diego or Thousand Oaks would come to Monterey Park on weekends to grocery shop or eat dim sum. My own family regularly shopped at the supermarket next door to the dance studio on our weekend L.A. trips. This senseless tragedy is a profound loss for Chinese Americans across SoCal and shakes our profound sense of safety especially as one of the lowest gun ownership demographics. If we cannot be safe in our own community during our most important holiday, where can we be safe? Especially in an area like Monterey Park, where we spent decades making it into a thriving suburban Chinatown. And if you too have reflections on Monterey Park or Half Moon Bay and what those regions mean to you, you're welcome to share those. You can post on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum. If you want to share how you're processing the tragedies or taking care of yourself and others, you can also do that as well. Here with an update on the aftermath of the mass shooting at Monterey Park is Josie Wong, Asian American Communities Correspondent for KPCC and LAist. Josie Wong, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Nina. So it looks like we have a full list of Monterey Park victims' names now released by the L.A. County Coroner's Office. I'm sure you had a look at them. I'm wondering what jumped out at you. Well, um, you know, as you mentioned, the death toll in the Monterey Park shooting is 11. It just rose to 11 yesterday because, you know, 10 of those folks who were killed were pronounced dead at the scene, but then there were 10 injured, and one of them died uh, yesterday at L.A. County USC Medical Center. Mm And yes, as you mentioned, we have a full list of the victims. Something that I noticed and has, you know, been mentioned before is that this group of victims were middle-aged and up, you know, reflective of the ballroom dancing scene in the San Gabriel Valley, which drew a lot of, you know, uh, older to middle-aged immigrants uh, from Asia, you know, from China, Taiwan, <laughs> Vietnam, Thailand. And, you know, I noticed that the range, the youngest victim, Xu uh, Zhuan Yu, was 57. Um, at 76, Ch- uh, Cha Yao is the oldest victim. And mm-hmm. the victim we've been able to um, learn the most about is a woman named Mai Nan. Um, she was 65 years old. And uh, we know about her because her family has been the first to comment um, publicly and that we now know she immigrated from Vietnam and about 10 years ago or so became part of this very vibrant ballroom dancing. And she's described as a longtime regular at the Star Ballroom, which is where the the massacre took place. And the family released a photo of her um, a few days ago where you see her in this turquoise sequin dress, the kind you see in ballroom dancing. And she's got this big smile on and hmm. she's wearing her long hair and tight waves. And her um, nieces and nephews have just described her as this wonderful aunt. And in a statement on Twitter, they were mourning that Saturday was what they call her last dance. Yeah, mourning it and also poignantly saying that they were comforted to know that she enjoyed her last dance, even though it was her last dance. One of the things I was actually also struck by was um, their comment that Mainan chose the dance hall as the place to celebrate the Lunar New Year, a place to start 
the year fresh. Um, and you've already touched on sort of what the meaning of those dance halls have been, but do you want to say a little bit more uh, about what they represent for a largely older Asian American demographic? Yeah, my understanding is that this was a place for many of these older immigrants who, you know, came to the U.S. and worked really hard uh, to have these um, good um good lies for their children to bring, you know, they brought them, you know, wanted to raise their families here, um, gave, give them a good living, uh, good life, good education. And the ballroom dance, dance studios was a place for them, for them to relax. And, <laughs> you know, these were folks who, uh, for them, English was a second language. And because it was such a diverse group of folks, you had probably, you know, Vietnamese uh, immigrants uh, communicating with like the Taiwanese immigrants in English, but you know one thing they were all able to bond over was learning the cha cha, the waltz, and um, just a, uh, you know it was it's really representative too of just how Monterey Park. A lot of people call it, uh, you know, the first suburban Chinatown or Little Taipei, but it's become this area where you know there's also Thai Thai folks and Vietnamese folks. It's it's really, um, you know, when they say AAPI really kind of representative of that kind of big umbrella, but just, you know, uh, just spans the diaspora, Asian American diaspora. Yeah. Shockingly, the death toll could have been even higher. Uh, the attacker went on to a second ballroom, the Lilai ballroom. But there, an unarmed man, Brandon Say, just disarmed him. I want to share a little bit of what he told NBC about his encounter. There was a moment I actually froze up because I was, I had the belief that I was going to die. Like my life was ending here at that very moment. But something, something amazing happened, a miracle actually. He, he started to uh, try to prep his weapon so he could shoot everybody. But then it came, it dawned on me that this was the moment to disarm him. I could do something here that could protect everybody and potentially save myself. Josie, have officials learned any more about the motive of the gunman or how he was able to get the weapon he used? Yeah, so it sounds like he actually had multiple weapons because at the Lai Lai Dance Studio, where you um, you, you know, just played a clip from Brandon Say, his family uh, owns the studio. He scuffled with the shooter and was able to wrest from him this semi-automatic assault pistol. Um, so... But we also know that the shooter died of a self-inflicted gun wound um, when he was found uh, about 30 miles southwest of Mount, uh, Monterey Park the next day after the shooting in the city of Torrance. And uh, they, he was found you know, dead in his uh, white van as police approached him. So there was uh, apparently another firearm arm involved. And we also know that, uh, I mean, he, he the um, FBI and police are, are and try and investigate his um what the, and try to understand the motive and they visited his home in Hemet and they were able to find over there um, a rifle as well as hundreds of rounds of ammunition and in terms of what could have motivated him that is that is still a really big mystery we do know that he visited the lobby of the um, Hemet police department twice earlier this month and was alleging fraud, uh, theft, and poisoning, uh, having to do with his relatives in the LA area. But it sounded like these were grievances from 10 or 20 years ago. And he told police he'd come back with uh, documentation, but he never did. We now know um, some more about him, that he previously lived in the city of San Gabriel, 
which neighbors Monterey Park. And <clears throat> my colleague, Elie spoke to a man who described himself as a former longtime friend of the shooter, that they knew each other for about a decade. And he said that Tran, um, the, uh, the shooter Tran visited both Stardance and uh, the Lai Lai Ballroom almost nightly for some period. Mm -hmm. And the friend said, quote, this was the only thing he was interested in. So there was some kind of relationship to these dance halls. This is not random in this choice in these choices of these dance studios but just terrifying because these are places of beauty and community and and uh, and and jubilation and that this was just you know torn apart shattered when he showed up at these two places well josie thank you so much for sharing your reporting on this and i'm sorry you have to report on such a difficult story as well i am sorry too mina and thank you for the work you're doing Josie Wong is Asian American Communities Correspondent for KPCC. You, our listeners, are sharing how you are absorbing these tragedies, your thoughts on where they occurred, and how you are taking care of yourself. Robert writes, I hear person after person being asked, how do you feel about this in regards to the two most recent gun violence massacres? Rarely does anyone express anger, yet until we get angry enough, at the NRA, the Republicans and the groups who stonewall every attempt at reasonable gun control legislation. We're going to hear of these tragedies. Get out and vote with this issue in mind, people. Another listener writes, the only small bit of positivity coming from the Half Moon Bay tragedy is that the assailant is still alive. This is a rare opportunity to actually discover the motive for the violence rather than just conjecture, like when shooters take their own lives or are killed rather than captured. Of course, we are talking about the two mass shootings back to back in California that have left 18 dead, as well as in one of the shootings, the Monterey Park shooting, the suspected gunman. I'm going to bring into the conversation now Cynthia Che, co-executive director of Chinese for Affirmative Action and co-founder of Stop AAPI Hate. Cynthia, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Nina, for having me. Also with us is Sherry Wang, associate professor of counseling psychology at Santa Clara University. Sherry, really glad to have you on as well. Thank you. Good to be here. You know, Cynthia, I was mentioning to Josie that I was struck by my non talking about a fresh start. And I think part of the reason that I was struck by that is because I think for many of us who've been feeling targeted during the worst years of the pandemic and just inundated with images and stories of attacks on Asian Americans, mm. we were feeling like 2023 could be that hard one fresh start perhaps um i don't know if you were in the same space yeah i mean that that really resonates with me um you know my my last tweet out was just looking forward to the new year uh peace health and well-being for our communities and uh and then to wake up to the horrors of of monterey park it is indescribable, the overwhelming feeling of loss um, for our communities. And, um, you know, right now we are very focused on uh, providing support for, vic for the victims and communities wherever we can, um, especially since these two incidents, the Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay are, are in California where we have community partners. But as you pointed out, this comes in the wake of after nearly three years of attacks targeting our community. So these shocking incidents are really just compounding the pain and fear and trauma 
in our community and, and in California and across the country. Can you remind us how people's lives have been affected by the rise in attacks? And also on seniors as well, people, you know, just feeling less safe, people feeling more reluctant to go outside and be part of the world. Yeah, when we launched nearly three years ago, it was really in response to what we were witnessing on social media and through news reports that members of our community were being racially profiled um, and harassed and in some cases attacked uh, because of the the scapegoating against our communities. And, and this, of course, isn't anything new. Uh, oftentimes the Asian community, immigrant communities are scapegoated for whether it's uh, public health, uh, economic, or for national security reasons. And so we have to remind our listeners too that this was at a period where we had uh, the former president um, using racialized rhetoric, putting a target on our back. And and we um, were able to document that uh, over 11,000 incidents from across the country of where our community members told harrowing stories of, of what they experienced and that of their loved ones. And it's something that we've used to advocate for meaningful change. Hmm. Sherry Wang, I'm wondering what role the specter of violence that a lot of Asian Americans feel what role that played for you in reacting to hearing about Monterey Park or maybe even Half Moon Bay? Yeah, I mean, there's there's an acute as well as cumulative pain and trauma and grief, anguish, um, and, and just anxiety, I think, of so much violence that has targeted our community. Um, and, you know, there, there have been folks, you know, who have really been like, oh, it wasn't a hate crime, right? Um, because the assumption that um, that the shooter is Asian makes it so that it no longer can be deemed a hate crime, which is both mm. untrue, right? It can still be, but also the assumption that that in this case it's better, or that racism isn't part of the experience, and so racism is still part of not only what has happened, but in the subsequent reactions that people have. But for Asian Americans, we have been sitting with such anxiety and fear of being targeted, right, from all the anti-Asian um, hate, that for this, I think, to not be a, a directly a clear incident of anti-Asian hate can elicit a sense of relief. And then you, it sinks in, right, the multi-level kind of betrayal of, wait, this happened within our community? This happened during this very sacred time <laughs> of Lunar New Year? And um, and then really kind of thinking about unmet mental health needs um, and then just the cumulative trauma and, and pain that we were all experiencing. Yes, it's it is interesting how there's almost this sense that that it was better initially, that it wasn't necessarily a perpetrator that was not Asian, but we are still left with the same thing in the aftermath of violent events like this. Families emotionally broken, nightmares for witnesses like Brandon Say or, or victims like Brandon Say or witnesses at the dance hall. These safe and joyful spaces no longer feeling safe mm -hmm. or joyful. And, you know, we look over our shoulders at churches and train stations and grocery stores and our own workplaces, right? Farm workers, uh, 
in our own neighborhoods. And I, I often wonder why, Cynthia Che, we, we don't focus on that as much. Well, I think that um, one thing that this has brought to bear is that um, we have a public health crisis, um, and that is uh, gun violence that is so uniquely American, and it points to the fact that Asian Americans um, are also uh, affected. And one thing I did want to point out is that uh, we have called for um, addressing systemic uh, problems with regard to anti-Asian racism. And first, starting with, you know, investments in community-based programs that that prevent violence, that really support victims. Um, we, we have a situation where uh, locally here in the Half Moon Bay uh, incident, where we have uh, migrant uh, farm workers um, who are limited language speaking, we need to make sure that they have language and culturally responsive care. Those are the things that we're really focusing on at the moment. Yeah. The Cisner writes, I grew up in Monterey Park and my father lived there for 50 years. We walked everywhere without fear. It hurts so much to have my hometown shattered by this violence, especially during this happy celebration season. For self-care, I work on gun violence issues as an activist, but we mostly promote gun safety and after-school programs when what we are really needing is gun control, plain and simple. Why is it that both these shooters were able to purchase automatic weapons? These weapons serve no purpose other than to kill people, lots of people. We're talking with Cynthia Che, co-executive director of Chinese for Affirmative Action and co-founder of Stop AAPI Hate, Sherry Wang, associate professor of counseling psychology at Santa Clara University. And you, our listeners, are with us. Email your reflections, your thoughts, your questions to forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum, or give us a call at 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. We're talking about the Lunar New Year massacre at a Monterey Park ballroom in LA County that claimed 11 lives on Saturday night, and another mass shooting at Half Moon Bay that killed seven yesterday. Stay with us for more. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. 
We're getting through the aftermath of two back-to-back shootings in California, mass shootings in California, together on Forum. These shootings have left 18 dead, as well as one of the suspected gunmen. We're talking with Cynthia Che of Stop AAPI Hate and Sherry Wang, professor of counseling psychology at Santa Clara University. And joining me now is Congressmember Judy Chu, who represents Monterey Park and is chair of the Congressional Asian Pacific American Caucus. Representative Chu, really glad to have you on. Thank you for having me. One of the things that we've been hearing from listeners is just a loss of a sense of safety in Monterey Park. I'm wondering how you are feeling and how you're working to bring back that sense of safety to residents in your home district. Well, I woke yesterday to the stunning and shocking news that uh, 10 people at that time and now 11 had been killed by this shooter and nine more were in the hospital. And I could not believe that this would occur in my beautiful city of Monterey Park, which has been so so quiet and peaceful. But then the uh, reality came down and I have to tell you, there was tremendous fear the whole day because of the fact that the shooter was out loose and people were so concerned about whether they should go to any event at all, whether they should go to a business or a Lunar New Year event or send their kids to school. Finally, though, at 5 p.m., they announced that the shooter was captured and that he had killed himself. So there was a sigh of relief. But I can tell you that the traumatic feelings that are in the community are still there. And so that's why I have said to community members over and over again, you are safe. This shooter is no longer active and we must stand together. We must help these victims, but we also must support one another so that we can get through this. How are you processing the fact that another horrific mass shooting happened less than 48 hours after Monterey Park in Half Moon Bay with Asian and Latino victims and and Asian perpetrators. How are you processing that, Congressmember Chu? Uh, I was just so horrified for this past day because of what happened in Monterey Park. And when I heard about this Half Moon Bay shooting last night, uh, I was even more horrified. I didn't know that I had this capacity for so much horror. Uh, And yet it still keeps on happening uh, and uh, it is beyond comprehension. We're getting a lot of comments like this. Representative Chu Daniel writes, each shooting takes place in our community saddens me tremendously, but I am becoming numb even to the ones taking place locally. Sadly, until they hit me directly, they are just another one. My anger is generally reserved for Republicans who for years have stonewalled the country's attempts to take even the smallest of steps to help address gun violence. In California, we're trying to make headway, but our ability to affect change beyond the state is limited. You're part of the Gun Safety Caucus in Congress and have talked about how these shootings outrage you, the the sheer number of mass shootings in the U.S. What is the caucus doing about it? We have numerous bills that we put forth. Uh, The most important one 
is the bill to close loopholes on the universal background checks. Universal background checks have been shown to be effective in keeping guns out of the hands of violent and dangerous people. Um, but there are the loopholes. And that is those who want to evade any background check can purchase their gun online or at a gun show or in a personal sale. Well, uh, that has left far too many guns in the hands of dangerous people. And uh, yes, we have strict laws here in California, but one could easily uh, buy such a gun through these means, but also just in Nevada and then and walk over the border. So that's why our solutions have to be a national one. Now, I do have to tell you, we did pass this bill and others out of the House in this last Congress, but we could not get it passed the Senate. But we also hear so often, at least people locally saying, how many more? Enough is enough. I know that there has been some progress. Are you seeing any evidence that we are reaching the point that we've had enough, that, that across parties we've had enough? Well, after uh, the last few massacres, um, Uvalde and Club Q and Buffalo, uh, there was a move towards a bipartisan uh, gun safety bill. And we did actually pass it in this last Congress. Uh, some Republicans actually felt compelled to, to join in this effort. Uh, I feel that these were baby steps, but nonetheless important steps forward in making for a safer America. So yes, there is progress and we are doing it step by step. Before I let you go, Monterey Park draws people from all over the region and even the state, especially for Lunar New Year festivities. Can you talk about how this year's celebration was supposed to be different, Congressmember Chu? Well, I was actually there right at the opening ceremony, um, only one block away, a few hours earlier uh, than from when the uh, shooting occurred. Uh, and I, I can tell you, there was such tremendous joy and enthusiasm and energy. There were thousands of people at the ceremony and walking up and down the street. And I could feel the, the energy and optimism of people who felt that, uh, yes, we can be together because there was a hiatus of this event for three years due to COVID. So um, people had such a hunger to get back together. And I think that they felt that this would be one step towards normalcy. But then the shooting happened. Well, Representative Chu, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Congressmember Judy Chu, representing Monterey Park. Also with us is Sherry Wang, Associate Professor of Counseling Psychology at Santa Clara University, and Cynthia Che of Stop AAP I Hate, a co-founder of that organization. And of course, we're talking about the massacres that have just happened in California that have taken 18 lives. And of course, these are not the only ones that have happened recently in California as well, with one happening in Oakland and another one in the Central Valley just a week before or so, a week or so before. 
Monterey Park. But Sherry Wang, I'm struck by a tweet that you put out. You said Half Moon Bay is now the second deadly mass shooting in the AAPI community happening for less than 48 hours since Monterey Park. We have to talk about race and gender, age, generation status, mental health, gun control. But you said, but I need self-care tonight. What do you do for self-care? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I think it could be a number of things. Right now, I'm allowing myself um, to just feel the the pendulum swing of emotions that I have because it, I'm dizzy with um, just the the conflicting questions, thoughts, and and feelings that I have. You know, from celebrating um, Lunar New Year, a time that that we think of like setting a precedent for the year, right? To the horrors. Um, the victimization and, and the pain and what's happening now. I mean, today I actually woke to um, kind of news about Oscar nominations and Asian Americans really taking a lead in, in nominations. And I am at this point feeling numb and feeling like I'm just being pulled here and there. I can't fully celebrate, obviously, mm -hmm. at this point. I can't even fully grieve. I mean, there's so many questions that I think many of us have that I think compared to the stop Asian hate kind of um, kind of COVID related anti-Asian racism that we've been seeing, questions of, of why did this happen? And how could this happen? What does this mean for us in terms of, I'm just thinking for older adults, right? That in, in the cases of Half Moon Bay and Monterey Park, it's been um, our, our older adult, our elder um, and elder men actually. And so thinking about that, our older community, they've been the communities we've been wanting to protect during the last few years to then thinking about them as now victims and also shooters and perpetrators. I mean, it's very, there's a million questions and a lot of complexities. So I think allowing myself to turn off my phone, not look at social media or media for a little bit, to connect with people when I feel like it, but to also not connect with people, to wear red if I'm in the spirit, to, to feel celebratory, but then to also, I think part of it is giving myself um, permission because it's technically in some ways taboo to be sad during this period as well, right? This should be a period of festivity. So culturally, um, I'm also, I feel the obligation and the responsibility from an ancestral cultural level of like, I should celebrate. I need to celebrate. I, I need to be festive. Um, and then wondering, well, for whom? And, hmm. and at what cost? Well, Noel tweets, men of all ages and backgrounds need to learn better ways to deal with strong emotions. How can this happen when it's so hard to find mental health care as it is? Another listener tweets, my heart is breaking for the victim's loved ones. Several reports focus on how strict our gun laws are in California, yet these horrific events prove that we need a national overhaul of gun and ammunition regulations. Another listener writes, I would like to know what your guests feel about the fact that the recent killings were committed by Asians. You touch on this a little bit, Sherry. Maybe I'll go to you first, Cynthia Che. Well, I think it's um, really important to lift up the fact that I know that there is a, um, a natural curiosity and wondering about the race of the shooters, the victims, um, what the motivations are. And certainly um, what we have to grapple with is uh, the gun violence issue and uh, within our communities, across our communities, uh, we are not immune to a multitude of issues that are at play um, 
there is a wondering about, you know, whether or not there was a domestic violence situation or um, what was the the nature of the conflict uh, in these in this workplace in the dance halls. Um, there are so many unanswered questions, um, and I think one of the things that we try not to do is is speculate, mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. to really focus on the facts to focus on uh, the fact that our community is hurting um, and focus on those survivors and the families. I mean, I'm I'm heart stricken by the fact that um, children may have witnessed uh, the carnage. And, um, and I think that that has to be top of mind right now. Yeah. You, you talked about providing resources. And uh, let me just remind listeners first that you are listening to Forum. I mean, Kim, you talked about working hard to provide resources. What have you learned through the fact that you have lived and breathed the aftermath of these kinds of attacks and trying to support people in terms of what kinds of resources communities need, especially when the incidents have such horrific details like this one and a half moon bay where children were there? Yeah, the, I mean, since we started um, Stop API Hate, and it's actually the work that um, our organization, uh, Chinese for Affirmative Action, has actually been working on for quite some time, is that uh, violence uh, not only impacts the individuals and their families, but in it, the entire community. Uh, several things that we have learned over the years is that um, we need to do a better job uh, ensuring that victims and survivors get holistic support Long after uh, the wounds heal, um, there are lasting impacts of traumatic violence. And regardless of what are the, the motivation of the attack or harm that's committed, our systems are falling short, especially for those who are limited English speaking, uh, who may be fearful of seeking res uh, resources and services because of their immigration status or just overall fear of being entangled with government, that trust um, is just not there. And so community-based organizations can play a huge role in facilitating that. And of course, we have to invest in the prevention piece um, and doing that across communities because the reality is we have many communities that are affected by violence. And the more that we can come together on those solutions, um, including gun violence prevention, and not just mass shootings, but the everyday gun violence, um, and the concerns that Asians and Asian Americans may think that purchasing guns as a safety measure actually um, does not make us safer. And uh, these two horrific incidents demonstrates that with mm -hmm. such um, such depth. You know, Sherry Wang, I was so struck by what you were saying earlier about how there were strides in representation that you noticed this morning, but that you felt a little numb to it. And then also I'm thinking about how this was the first Lunar New Year after California made it a state holiday, an official state holiday. Does it ever feel like that alongside the these kinds of tragedies, that there's almost this sort of whiplash that people might be feeling? That's the perfect word. Yeah. Pendulum swing is probably not the best way to describe it because it is a 
whiplash of, of back and forth. And, and there's a fear, I think, of that whiplash, actually, because if, if the fear of, you know, when there's Asian American representation, when we have strides, that it erases um, the pain and the sufferings of our communities, right, because of myths like the model minority stereotype and the assumptions that we've we haven't made that we're, you know, a high achieving group um, and one that's really pitted us against other communities of color. And so there's a part of me that's also hesitant and fearful that the celebrations of Asian Americans will be at the expense of seeing um, the pain, the devastation and the loss that we we're experiencing. And so how, how, I mean, at a, at a, at a psychological level, holding both, right. And then at a level that's really thinking about, um, how outsiders from our community see us, um, a fear then that, that, you know, what is unique to our experiences, that that will be overlooked. Sherry Wang, again, is Associate Professor of Counseling Psychology at Santa Clara University. Sabrina writes, I'm a college student who grew up in the Bay. We visit my grandma every year in Monterey Park, and I grew up going to Half Moon Bay with my family on weekends. Some of my favorite family traditions are Half Moon Bay crabs and soju on MLK weekend. The day after, we made a gorgeously smelly Korean crab stew with the leftovers. I love California, and I'm so grateful for the resilient immigrant community I've grown up in. These tragedies are so complex and not politically black and white at all. We need to heal with Pan-Asian and Asian diasporic friendship, as well as Asian, Black, Latino, Indigenous, immigrant, and working class solidarity and love. Cynthia, I asked Sherry Wang how she takes care of herself. I know that this is something you have lived and breathed since you launched API Hate. How do you take care of yourself? We just have 30 seconds. Well, this is something that um, we grapple with all the time. Um, I know that this has been a major concern for our staff as first responders who have to deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and it's not easy, but rarely does healing happen in isolation. And so we are trying to do a lot more and, you know, collective spaces and, and being able to say it's okay to not be okay. And that's the first step. And, um, and I personally subscribe to that as well. And it's really important for me to do that. And along with my family and my community. We've been talking with Cynthia Che. Thank you. Thank and Sherry you. Wang, thank you. Thank you. My thanks as well to Josie Wong, Representative Judy Chu and Guy Marzarati, and to Susie Britton for producing today's segment. I'm Mina Kim. This is Forum. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.